Friday before I went to work, I, I, uh, <laughs> I finally like, all right, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna replace the catalytic converter. Let's fucking do it. I gotta pull pull the car into uh, the garage at my apartment building and get going on it. So I get out there and I go to start the car. Nothing. Like turn the key, nothing happens. I'm like fuck. Uh, the cable to the hood latch has been broken for months. Yes. Um, so every time I had get under the hood, I got to spend 20 minutes with a screwdriver trying to fucking, you know, pop the shit from underneath the car. This is not a fucking fun time. You just got to break the latch and install those like NASCAR style pull oh, pins we'll, we'll so, get to it. so other people can steal all your yeah, shit. Yeah, totally. Uh, so so uh, I lay under the car and the ground's all wet. So I'm laying on the car shivering, trying to pop the fucking shit open with a screwdriver. I finally get it open. I put my jump pack on it. Does absolutely nothing. It's a two-year battery. It's been three years since I've got a new battery, so I'm like, fuck it, new battery. So I go get a new battery, put it in, start the car, drive it into the garage, uh, swap out the catalytic converter, which is harder than it sounds. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, like, all right. Well, especially when the metal's all jaggedy and cut off yeah. by some fucking well, and there's just tweaker asshole. Chunks of the cage just like hanging out trying to stab me in the face. No, and of stuff. course. Yeah. Mm. So I, I finished cutting the cage to pieces with the. They got a place in Ballard says they'll build you a plate to cover the thing. Really? Yes. Well, let's talk about this off air. Yeah. Because uh, I think I might be into that. Um, anyway, so. Uh, Oh, also, uh, uh, someone I was conversing with on Instagram uh, up in Canada said if I can make it to their town in Canada, they will weld me a fucking steel plate. I really appreciate it. If you're yeah. out there listening, thank you very much. They live um, in, like, but, the fucking northernmost reaches of yeah. the north. <laughs> Canada, Canada doesn't want me any, so unfortunately, yeah. I, I did some dumb shit, oh, and yes, I'm great. now a Canadian felon. <laughs> yeah, me too. Anyways, uh, so I uh, I'm get the car fixed. I'm like, all right, let's rock and roll. So I... Uh, <laughs> so I like slam the hood and I'm like, I'll figure out the hood latch later. And I go to back out and, uh, the clutch just sinks to the floor and quits working. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck? So then I spend another fucking half an hour trying to pop the hood open so I can check out what the fuck's going on. Um, get the hood open. Turns out the, uh, uh, clutch master cylinder has completely shit the bed. Oh, good. So I go try to get one of those before I go to work and, uh, they're, oh, it'll be in the morning. Fuck. All right. So I put it on order. Go to work Friday night. Uh, Saturday, that's yesterday. Saturday, I go pick up the part. Um, I put the thing in, and then uh, I go to slam the hood, and the fucking hood latch falls apart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so now now the, right. now the hood doesn't lock. Well, and, and, and you and your wife have had troubles with that before when the hoods did lock. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe there was a degree of cutting battery cables just to steal the battery at one point. Oh, yeah, and, some, that yeah, happened. Yeah. That, that, that happened. Anyways, that was my... That's that's where I'm at with this car. I mean, if I if I go out there, like, I'm going to go out there later today and, like, just check on it. Um, but if... be on fire. Like, yeah. Act, actively. Oh, it will be. Like, if, if uh, the catalytic converter's gone again, I, I will light the car on fire and throw it at my enemies. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God helped those who stood in the way of business, progress, and the USA. USA. So speaking of car-related fuckery, this is more, uh, and by the time this, well, this will only be airing 
two weeks from now, right? A week, a week from now. A week from now. So, uh, uh, um, in in other news, if you're in the uh, Seattle, Seattle land area, and let me, oh, there we go. And if you encounter a four-door white 1998 Jeep Cherokee, license plate, uh, at least the, I'll give you the first four, BYR1, okay, that's BYR1, uh, has a Gambler 500 sticker and a Moab sticker on the back, and the most discerning figure, or uh, discernible figure, feature, fuck me, um, <laughs> is... Um, on the driver's side, by the mirror, there's one of those chrome cop lights like you see on old Crown Vic and stuff like that. Uh, this is my old truck that I recently sold to a friend who had it absconded with uh, Thursday night. So if you're rolling around some of these you know, parts of the Seattle land area and you encounter a vehicle such as that, hit us up on the Instagram because there's several of us that like to go have a conversation with somebody about the evils of car theft yep i, I have a lot Vigilante of any justice nope nothing like that <laughs> oh. I, I have i have a lot of uh auto related uh angst i need to get out uh, anyway so i will i will explain to this person how how much they fucked up yeah well i think like i said it'll be funny because my wrangler <clears throat> key still starts the old jeep so yep. i can just also make it disappear but then they like were saying getting into thinking about okay this car has been reported stolen and probably has a degree of pretty hard drug paraphernalia and probably sharp objects, you know, with... Somebody's still sleeping nebula- in it. Well, that, you know, that's... You take them out to the Forest Service Road and give them a hike. A new home? Give them a hike back to civilization. <laughs> or, yeah, re- reintroduce them into another part of the wild. It's like when a bear keeps breaking into garbage. Oh, uh, what was that? Hank the Tank? Was that the fucking giant yeah. bear down in California? But other than that, uh, I got I got to go see uh, Canadian cowboy singing legend Corbelund on Friday. That was oh, really yeah. good. Uh, for our one Canadian listener, you may know who Cor- Corb is. Corb and the Hurt and Albertans. That was a hell of a show. Is that his band? I didn't know that was yep. what they were called. So this band, and he also has a song called The Hurt and Alberton, which uh. is pretty much about driving around, coming back from a rodeo, and how it's better to be going towards Canada. It's almost like the song Convoy or whatever, where they're mm-hmm. on the radio. Like, yeah, breaker, breaker, this is Whiskey Jack rolling northbound through Montana. I got the Monada past Butte and Dillon in my taillight. It's been double nickels most of the way. Rodeo's over and it's back to the greater first thing Monday morning. A dually diesel pulling hard with a horse trailer in tow. Montana side of sweet grass and I'm a headed home. Trophy buckles and whiskey bottles and a worn out saddle horn. Bareback riders and team rope is a husking tater corn. Well, the roads get better every time I cross north of 49. I tip my hat and it's good to be back across the medicine line. Excellent. Corb's, pr- Corb's pretty funny in a lot of cases, or he can write some really almost spooky songs. But yeah, it was that was wonderful. I uh, saw a lot of convoys on my trip. Too. Oh yeah. yeah, Will Will literally got back today from California. Yeah, Death Valley. Death Valley, baby. Lots of rocks <laughs> and weirdos. You know. Is that why you sent me that postcard? Death Valley rocks. Yep. And weirdos. <laughs> LLC. <laughs> got to see Manson's old truck and where they film Tremors and all oh, sorts of good stuff. Manson's old truck. Man- yes, Toyota. No. Yeah, Toyota Manson. Yeah. You know, 
I'm just saying, didn't they have a bunch of dune buggies and shit at one point with the Manson family? Uh, so I would have figured they had had the Taliban Humvee, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it would make sense, but... Hilux? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Precisely. Or, you know, like, well, we never really got Hiluxes in the state, but the Marty McFly rig, only, oh, only yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, older and probably a little crappier. Yeah, a little more dented. Maybe with some, like, you know, psychotic screeds. Penciled in on the dashboard in chalk or something. <laughs> the truck P- look piggies. Everyone's. I was say the truck looks like fucking uh, uh, what's his name Jeffrey Combs from uh, Frighteners. Yeah, yeah. My body is a roadmap of pain. <laughs> yep. Now the Taliban has better roads than Death Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Taliban has better roads than most of America <laughs> yeah. at this point. Well, the went to the tar pits and of course there's potholes in front of the tar pits and it's like just take the asphalt that's currently you're sitting over there. <laughs> if you wait long enough, there. if you wait long enough, it'll fix itself. Yeah, it'll bubble up through the potholes. Or your car will become an exhibit. One yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, kind of the one place I really want to still check out. I'm kind of adverse to trying to drive down to L.A., especially in my very limited. Uh, like my car is nothing but blind spots. It's it's big and fairly aggressive looking and has kind of armor on it. But it's uh, I'll just sideswipe somebody. And, oh, I should probably you should probably clarify. Bo drives a Wiener mobile. Yes, like the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile. Indeed. Uh, all right. Is that enough bullshit? It is. Uh, I'm gonna hit pause before you say the words because uh, I forgot to I forgot to do drugs. We went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. And the USA. USA. All right, same thing. All right, so welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked. Uh, we've taken a degree of a break, but that's okay because we had prepared and. You should. We shouldn't miss any releases. Yeah, so, no, it's going to be seamless. And now, and now we're back, except for Will's computer. Eight. How many episodes that you had pre-prepared? Probably eight or nine. Cool. So instead of doing the <laughs> one more. we were going to do today, <laughs> I got to like I, I was halfway through this. Oh, we're going to do some dude named Stempetti. Yes. Um, so, Tony, what do you know about the Klondike? And what would you do for Klondike bar? Anything. <laughs> Literally anything. I know um, that's a very broad. It's fucking broad. It's I'm think I'm imagining uh, cold. Yeah. Tall. Yeah. Um. Why, wide. Why did people go to the Klondike in the first place? Uh, sweet, sweet bear meat. I mean, gold. It, I'm not talking about it in the gold. Place. Yeah, gold. Klondike yeah, gold. Absolutely. We actually we talked about this a little bit in um uh what what your buddy from stuff you should know was on fucking so- Soapy Smith. Oh yeah. And we're gonna talk more about Soapy Smith. Soapy Smith. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and that's right. We're going to talk about Jack London, who we mentioned a little bit. Yeah, and we're going to talk about a bunch of people you never heard of, and we're going to talk about a bunch of human and animal misery, and all, f- all for seeking shiny black metal. And this is like Deadwood on steroids, only grosser and colder and excellent. <laughs> it's just good, it's, good, it's good. the whole package description. Yes, this is what I'm here for. 
so we'll let her buck with your comic sense and lovely NPR voice. Uh, so few miners followed the HBC into the Yukon. One party was led by Leroy Napoleon Jack McQuestern. What the fuck? <laughs> that what? whole thing's his name? What, yep. what year was this? <laughs> 1873. 1871. Oh, sorry. But he was a veteran of the California gold fields. But he established a post on the upper Yukon Valley called Fort Reliance. But he found little gold, but many miners would follow him. Right. So, so this is where it kind of gets started, but it doesn't really get going until about 30 years later. So the thing about miners is like once they hatch, the first thing they see, they just follow it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you're able to supply them and they'll, they'll scratch around in the dirt for nuggets and yep. then you supply them with... Scratching tools? Yeah. Sex workers. Sex workers mostly <laughs> and whiskey. A lot of whiskey. <laughs> Uh, outsiders first used Chilkoot Pass. That was the Indians' traditional way to get into the sea from Fort Reliance. Uh, but what the Indians generally didn't do is try to haul a ton of mining shit along with a them. A year's worth of supplies. Right. <laughs> uh, in 1880, 25 men made the journey, and then 50 in 1882. So the first white woman was Dutch Kate. She was a good time girl in 1887, so... So TikTok. It took, she was on the show Good Times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And she had her OnlyFans and was a TikTok, <laughs> TikTok celebrity. So full, she's, a full, she's the full Monty. She's Damn, a, dude. She's a triple threat. Yep. So by that time, the world, world was starving for gold because all the currencies of leading countries were backed by gold. Mm-hmm. So, Instead of beaver pelts, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know which is worse. But. So the total amount of paper money was limited by the reserves that you had in the vaults. And plus, you could pretty much counterfeit paper money with a charcoal stick and mm-hmm. th- before mentioned beaver pelt so that's an well, IOU did it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Ogilvy that was the next camp that was on 60 mile creek uh Fort Reliance fell into disrepair uh dogs were everywhere uh no one would feed sled dogs in the summer so they stole food and broke into cabins and stole food uh, oh yeah we don't we don't need you right now so fuck you that's exactly it <laughs> well plus like we need to eat yeah. Like, yeah, and it was kind of like, you know, it's like a lot like people who steal cars around here. A lot of times they uh, just take them to the place they need to get to to get where they're going to get and just abandon them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dogs actually ate a dead baby that was prepared for burial, and they ate each other, too. <laughs> so, already lovely place. <laughs> oh, man. I'm imagining, like, the fucking... The saddest trailer park on earth. Well, except for it's all tents at this point. There's very there's a couple rude cabins and stuff, but mostly the dogs have an easy time getting in places because there's no proper doors on anything. Welcome to KOA of Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't matter that all this was in Canada because the garter or the border was unguarded. So. Yeah. Oh, but we're about to boy. Wait, mm-hmm. super cop is coming. Yep. Uh, miners had their own code. Uh, they would never up, up, steal. Down, down, left, right, left, right. B A B A select cert. Yep. And share food. Uh, they would have to tell every other man about any discovery because y- your claim could only be so big anyway. Right. Um, they had miners' meetings to deal with any issues. Uh, miners' meetings. And this is going to become important later because all that remember the code. Yeah. Don't steal from each other. Why do you got moths attacking us? In I here? don't know. I blame it on the on the bongos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be. So hide. hide uh, yeah, if hide they're heads. the same ones that are eating the jackalope. Yep. Hi, listeners. That's way out of context for you. That's thing that happened. <laughs> I just opened my wallet and they all came yeah. flying now. <laughs> I get bats. 
punishment was usually hanging or banishment. Both ended in death anyway. Yeah. I like somehow, sometimes they would decide to banish you by strapping you to a log and sending you down a river. Oh, wow. It's like the, the red cedar ghost. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, you know that's the thing though. Is like notice, okay, they do the thing like, okay, we all need to survive together, so we got to share food. And if you find something, you do that. But if you fucking like stole or pretty pretty minor infractions, it'll get you fucking like he says drummed out of the community, and you probably you, you don't survive after that. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, an Englishman and a Frenchman agreed to a duel with Winchesters over an Indian woman. Uh, the president of the miners' meeting showed up with a rope to hang the winner. Yep. <laughs> to hang the winner? Yeah, because they're like, stop oh, fucking they're around, you morons. Oh, I see, I see. We don't need you shooting your Winchesters all over our tent city. You <laughs> fucking... You might hit one of our valuable dogs. <laughs> Tell uh, them what he's won. But oh, both, free hanging. <laughs> but both men were banished before the duel was actually fought. So, so they're both dead. Mm, yep. Cool. But at least they already had their Winchesters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Bo said, you're just strapped to a log if... But in the winter, you just had to walk out of town. Yeah, that. See, at least the log will get you somewhere mm-hmm. quicker. In <laughs> uh, Ogilvy, the premier man about town was Joe Ledoux. Any related to Chris Ledoux? Probably, I don't okay. know. Okay. Isn't he from Wyoming? Uh, Chris Ledoux, I think he was. Okay. Yeah. Who's he Chris Ledoux? He's another cowboy singer of more of the American style. Ah, okay. A lot in the vein of one Corblund. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only far older, and like I said, now passed away, but former rodeo champ. and Yeah. Real deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was the trading post owner, knew all the strikes in the area, and was the town's biggest booster. Uh, another guy, Robert Henderson, came to the country in 1894. He was not related to Harry and the. <laughs> Buddy, it's got to be a bear. Could it be a gorilla? I don't think they get that big around here. He was grub staked by Ledoux in Quartz Creek. Where he spent the whole winter mining there. Did you say he was grub steak? Yeah, it means like give you like like your steak, you know, like yeah, your claim. Like or whatever. A ga- well, no, like a steak, like for gambling. Like I'm gonna like your steak is the money you have. Oh sure, okay. And grub generally food, food. but it implies more than food. It's your shovels, it's your food, okay. it's all the supplies you're gonna need okay. to run right. the mine. And usually that's they'll be like, okay. I'm gonna give you like you know hundred bucks or what, however much they needed, you know. But when you strike, I get a percentage, or I get. This I, I much. see, I see. So I'm it's speculating I'm, on somebody else's sure. labor. I'm going to back you to get your yeah. supplies, and if you strike it, then I get fucking X percent. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you all this heavy ass shit yeah. and let you do all the work. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> but he went to his cache of food and found that it was all gone. Somebody had stole it. Motherfucker. Oh, which is against mm-hmm. the trapper or the miner code, not trapper. Yeah, trappers steal each other's food all the time, or maybe they don't. I don't know. I have no. No way to confirm or deny that. They're up here trapping gold. Trapping gold. Well, mm-hmm. there was like wolf poisoners and stuff out here at the time. So. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Poison. I'm a wolf poisoner. I'm a wolfer. They really like. Yeah. So instead of mining for gold, he had to spend his winter hunting. But he Sounds managed better than mining for gold all fucking winter yeah, to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he managed to shoot a moose and a caribou. But he nearly started with to death one that shot. winter. No, he made like a turducken type ordeal out of yeah. it. Oh man, if I could only get a, like a coyote to shove in the <laughs> caribou. Uh, he nearly starved that winter. His teeth loosened and his gums bled. It's always nice to get your teeth loosened every once in a while. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. they have a big problem with scurvy up here too, because like I don't think a lot of these assholes were like boiling spruce needles or anything, because no. they figured that was probably gross. Not eating baby carrots or anything. Like yeah, that. And there's not a hellacious amount of lemons and limes laying around. And not they so could much. be maybe eating moss and stuff, but you know they were like, oh, that's what the Indians do. We wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. No. Right. 
Uh, that winter, Henderson got 26 ounces of gold. Woohoo! Damn. Uh, Which translates to how much in U.S. dollars? <laughs> uh, $640 back in the day. That's enough to pay Joe Ledoux back anyway. By June, he had spent two years in the country. Uh, instead of returning to Ogilvy, Henderson tried something new. So he goes to the highest point around, uh, a 4,300-foot massif known as the Dome. That's literally what I was thinking. Literally same thing. Yeah, that's uh, cough drops. Which isn't really that high. I guess Chilkoot Pass is only like 3,000 feet or right, something like that. you just got to walk up it yeah. in the snow and the dead horses. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't. That's a spoiler alert. That's a foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, all its rivers flowed into the Thorndewick, or the Klondike, as the, that's how you mispronounce Thorndewick, is call it Klondike. Really? Well, I like the one guy's name is basically Keith, but they call him Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts prospecting there. He found an eight-cent pan. Ooh. He'd never found that much, and he couldn't believe it. Uh, he named the creek Gold Bottom and staked out his claim. I'm, I'm, Isn't Gold Bottom like a Bond villain or a Bond love interest? Uh, Miss Gold Bottom. Yeah, something like that. No, I, I think just, the actress died when they painted her all gold. Uh, yeah. yeah, she just got really sick. <laughs> I was just I'm imagining like. You know, like the out of their mind, crazy, like Klondike gold panning asshole. Like the, oh, there's gold in them there. Here, yeah. like this is how they get Ooh, that way. Yukon Cornelius. Yeah. This, this is how you get this way. You all your fucking teeth fall out. You're like making turduckins out oh, of caribou. They describe, shit. Oh man, I should have brought the time life thing because they have a picture of how uh, you're going to learn the term sourdough. <laughs> and there's a nice cartoon about how you go from being a guy from like Seattle or San Francisco to turning into a sourdough. Greenhorn to a sourdough. Yeah. Greenhorn to a sourdough. Mm. Mm-hmm. But uh, part of the miner's code, he had to spread the news. Uh, Start so he, spreading the news. He went to 40 Mile Camp to file the claim. He also wrote his brother, Dear brother, I am well and struck it at last. This was June 20th, 1896. Eight, eight fucking cents. So, of course, Ledoux promised to tell everybody about this trick uh, Henderson hit. Uh, 18 prospectors followed Henderson back up to Gold Bottom. Uh, all but four quit. Uh, along the way, Henderson runs into Line George Washington Carmack. Line? Lying. Lying. Oh, lying. Okay. And cool. we're going to find out why. Because his name's <laughs> not actually George Washington? No, no. I mean, it's it, the one might, thing he didn't it, lie it about? fucking might be, but yeah. he's not great. He was a squaw man. Which meant that he married an Indian. Indian. Oh, yeah. okay. Which definitely puts you at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, her name is what, Kate? Uh, well, I mean, her name every, is every... definitely something else, but <laughs> he calls her Kate. Uh, and he was fishing with some Indians. Uh, Henderson didn't trust him and thought he or the Indians uh, were the guys who stole his food the winter before. Even though they have shitloads of salmon. And- I was going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, why not? You know, you're not white. Well, there's a, you hear a lot of derogatory, yeah, you salmon eater. So it leads me to believe that not a lot of the white people were willing to eat salmon. That was like considered dog food. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, so what- it's like we're all starving. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, well, like- it's, it's what we just discussed, right? Like they natives don't count as people. So like right. if they're eating fucking, like you said, spruce needle tea and salmon and shit. Like, oh, no, it's for, yeah, yeah. that's for those non-people. I need, all I need is my heart attack and bilious pills, and yeah, I'm right. ready to rock. Jesus. So Henderson told Carmack of his find. Uh, Carmack asked if there's any uh, claims left. Henderson is still mad at him and said, well, there's a chance for you, but I don't want any Indians digging it. 
So then Henderson goes back to his dig. Yep. Uh, days later, Carmack and others came to his claim and asked for food and tobacco. Uh, still mad, Henderson told him to get lost and try another creek. So they left and they found another creek. What do you think happened there? Uh, what, Skookum Jim shot the moose? Uh, if you know close. what I mean. Oh. <laughs> uh, at the end of September, two white men came to the, uh, his dig, Henderson's. It was Charles Johnson and Andy Hunker. Uh, Henderson asked where they came from. Uh, and he said Bonanza Creek. And that was unknown to Henderson. Yeah. He asked where it was. They pointed, you know, it's just over the hill. Henderson asked why, what they had there. They said, oh, it's the biggest strike in the whole goddamn world. <coughs> and Henderson asked who found it. Right on the other side of the hill. Oh, right yeah, yeah. right where you can't see. Right over here. Yeah. So Henderson asked, well, who found it? And they said, line George Cormack. Cormack. Carmack. But also, as we'll find out, he didn't actually necessarily find it. Yeah. Nope. Was he lying? He might have. <laughs> Fuck, might, man. Might have done so. So it's not just a clever name. Nope. Also, did he write the lyrics to Bonanza? No. Okay. Bonanza! We chased Lady Luck till we finally struck Bonanza. With a gun and a rope and a handful of hope, we planted our family tree. We got a hold of a pot full of gold bonanza For the horse and a saddle and a ring full of cattle How rich can a fella be? On this land we put our brand Our pride is the name Fortune smiled the day we piled upon the Rosen plain Here in the West we're living in the best bonanza If anyone fights any one of us, he's gonna fight with me So Carmack told his story thusly Carmack and Skookum Jim followed the ridge line after talking to Henderson that day. Which Skookum Jim is uh, what Kate's brother, mm-hmm. and so it's his brother-in-law. Okay. Uh, they <clears throat> found gold flakes in a stream, then a nugget the size of a dime. So they staked their claim, and they named the creek Bonanza Creek. And they took out three claims. Yep. And who got the biggest of those claims, Will? Uh, uh, Carmack. And why did Carmack get the biggest of the claims? Because he lied. Well, and what did he tell Skookum Jim? And I can't remember the other brother's name. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. They won't possibly give an Indian that oh, big of a claim. Yeah. So I have to have the biggest one, and then you can have the... He's going to take 1,000 yards or whatever, and they get 500 on either side. Okay. And he had to be the one to go into town to file the claim. See, you guys start digging. I'm going to go into I'll, town I'll, and I'll file, deal with the boring paperwork. I'll, well, and are we going to wait, because the book waits till the end, or the book we, one of the books we use for uh, reference here, uh, which is actually uh, Gold Fever and Disaster in the Klondike, Stampede by Brian Kastner. Excellent. Um, we going to wait to the end to talk about, like, Skookum Jim's actual involvement and how this happened? I, I suppose we can, since I don't have it in front of me. Well, my thing <laughs> is, I, I, it fucked me up when I did the book, because he waits till the end, and I forgot who the fuck Skookum Jim was at that point. Oh, yeah. So I, I want to actually just do it now. Okay, do it. Okay. Letter book. So, what actually had happened is those brothers, after uh, Carmack wouldn't give them any stuff, they were like, well, fuck it, let's keep trudging, and they're going through nasty swamp and doing all this stuff, and they start starving. Because they haven't had food in a while. And the other two, uh, uh, Lion fucking, Lion shithead. Yeah, Lion George Washington. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the other brother whose name escapes me were kind of like, Ugh, and they kind of almost like gave up. They were kind of too weak to go on. Well, Skookum Jim, Skookum means like strong. Yeah. And he's, you know, big old dude. And he's like, well, I'm going to bust through the devil's club with my Winchester and stuff. And he was losing hope. And then he saw a fucking moose. And he shot at it, and he missed. And then he shot at it again and dropped it. 
And then he was very tired. He's calling for the other guys to help him, like, butcher this moose up because that's going to be their salvation. But they were a ways away, and they either he didn't know if they heard him or going to take him a while to get there. So he starts going to fuck with the moose. But, you know, it's he's tired. So he goes over to the creek to, like, drink some water and notices the whole bed of the creek is just sparkly with gold dust. Oh, and shit. And so when the other two get there to help him process the moose, he's like, behold. And then, then that's when uh, uh, Lion fucking George fucking is like, oh, you... I better be the one to go file the claim. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. fuck. So they feasted on moose for two days, and then Lion George went back to do the claim. Yep. Damn. So he goes back to 40 Mile Camp and bragged about his strike. Yep. And they started telling people, I alone found the thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. And of course, being a squaw man, they mocked him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, right. You don't know anything about prospecting. And actually, he fucking didn't, but you know. <laughs> Uh, until he showed him his gold, it was $2.50 a pan instead of $0.08. Cents. Well, and he poured it out of uh, the thirty thirty cartridge that uh, oh, Jim yeah. shot the moose with. Oh, cool. And so the stampede was on after that. Uh, 40-mile camp, everybody emptied out and headed for the Klondike. Uh, claims were soon taken on all the streams in the area. Uh, the junction of Bonanza and El Dorado Creeks was the center of the mining district, and it was called Grand Forks. Uh, Ledoux moved up and set up a new town where the Klondike emptied into the Yukon. Uh, he named it for the director of the Canadian Geological Survey, who never set foot in the town. Right. And that was Dawson City. Yep. So now you have a new town. You know, kind of like how Rainier never saw Rainier. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's where, uh, that town's on, it's on Dawson's Creek, right? Yep. Where all those high school kids are fucking each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Henderson passed through Dawson to go to 40 Mile. That's where the government mining office still was to file his claim. But he was too late. Uh, new government regulations said he had to file within 60 days, and his time was up. And his claim went to another man. Uh, Gold Bottom Creek was renamed after Andy Hunker, one of the first men who told Henderson about Carmack's find. So Henderson had missed the stampede because he was out mining. And lost his claim because he was mm-hmm. out mining. <laughs> Fuck. And that instead sucks. of the cool ass name Goldbottom Creek, it's now Hunker Creek, which just <laughs> sucks. <laughs> uh, the commissioner allowed him to make another claim, but Henderson's bum leg, uh, we forgot to mention, like, bef- oh, yeah. when, when he was starving, he tripped and fell and impaled himself on a tree limb. Well, he, oh. was, cr- he was crossing the river on a down log, and it's one of those, you know, logs don't generally have the limbs trims he was like scooching around it and fell fell and, and landed on it. i don't it? think oh, he impaled God. himself i thought he got his leg like caught in it and got it like horribly twisted and mangled but maybe it was impaled i don't know mm. either way well, is the one of those nice deals where when you're trying to recover you've got your tent set up and there's just like wolves trying to get at you while you're Sick. slowly starving and almost dying of gangrene and <laughs> exposure <laughs> so anderson had worked pretty hard to get dick yeah like, absolutely dick. Mm-hmm. damn dude. but he was kind of being a racist otherwise they would have shared him like you know, hey guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Except for they wouldn't because it was Lion George, so he wasn't about to do it. Yeah. Does it wasn't George Washington the one that could never tell a lie? Well, that's folklore. I just think it's funny that he's Lion George, Lion George yeah, Washington. Yeah. That's that's a good nickname. Yeah. Uh, Ledoux, Bizarro Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ledoux returned to Ogilvy and disassembled his mill and floated it downstream to Dawson to help build the town. Which is easy to do. Well, the town, and also, like, he knows he's going to sell a lot of plaster cradles. Mm-hmm. So. Plaster cradles? Plaster cradles. We'll get to that. Uh, but winter started to set in. Everything, including food, was scarce, except for gold. So, <laughs> mm, I can mm. just tasty, eat tasty this gold. gold. Yeah, gold flakes with fucking 
whatever wolf well, milk you're, on them. You're going to notice a pattern around where, you know. So during winter, they would uh, use fire to melt the soil because dynamite wouldn't even do the trick, let alone pickaxes. They were burning to bedrock 20 to 50 foot down. They found uh, skeletons of animals that weren't around anymore. Yeah. They're like <laughs> Mastodon tusks and other stuff. And probably just threw those on fucking piles and mm-hmm. burn them and whatever. I'm just, uh, I, when I think of this era, uh, this area of geographical space and this time of year, I always think of um, uh, Dick Prenicky. Dead, yeah. dead calm and zero degrees. It was in the late spring of 1968 that Dick Prenicky decided to leave civilization behind to live in a pristine land yet unchanged by man and to roam a wilderness through which few other humans have passed. While carving out a new life in this remote valley known as Twin Lakes, Dick would not only keep daily journals, but would film his Alaskan odyssey with the help of a tripod mounted camera. Well, I think wasn't I think Dick was even further fucking north, wasn't he? Cuz yeah. this is just in the tippy tip of like southern Alaska. This oh, is fuck. this is there's like shitloads more Alaska out there for these guys to die in, but you know mm-hmm. the gold's kind of here and it's close to Seattle so you can catch yeah. a boat. Damn, Alaska's huge too. You could fit like seven Alaskas inside of Alaska. Yeah. Yep. Like the pyramid's the only shape that can contain another pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Well, you could see uh, Russia from its backyard yeah. attacking Ukraine. Yeah. Oh. yeah. oh, yeah. That happened while we were on break. Uh, oh, yeah. You, World War you, III you can call, it, happened. You can call it attack. I think there's more counterattacking happening at the moment. Than mm. I hope it keeps up because yeah. I hope that counter wins out. Well, yeah. Fuck so, so far, so good. <sighs> uh, one day in November. Um, uh, 12 foot deep into the soil, this guy named Barry turned over a shovel full of dirt and saw flakes of gold in the candlelight. He got $3 a pan, which was better than the two fifty. Um, he worked all night, and further he dug, the more gold he found. Well, and here, here's the thing with, uh, the, let's talk about the conditions down in those holes and what you'd kind of have to do. Is that why his name's Barry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he get... Stuck in the hole. So you're in these, you're in these holes, and you know, like you says, you're you're melting the soil, so it's all right. burnt, and there's gases and all this shit. Yeah, yeah. And you're going deeper and deeper in the hole. Well, it's not like you're just gonna like be chucking gold nuggets up there. You got a, a guy up top with a bucket. So somebody's up top. Oh no! Freeze, freezing their ass off. Somebody else is down there, like hundred degree hole, and like just hauling up buckets of you dirt. Better and fucking, the- you better trust that bucket, dude. Cause- well, yeah. Well, it's like I told you about the time when I worked on the water pipeline, and my job was to dig out the bottom of these, like, manhole things. Like, because the engineers were like, oh, there's only two inches of gravel, and there needs to be two and three quarters inch. So I had to take all the gravel out. Is this army shit? No, this is, like, Southwest Water Pipeline in North Dakota shit. Oh, okay. But it was, like, uh, right before I went in the army. It was the job I was doing while I was waiting to actually ship for basic training. But either way, since I was a high school kid, I was able to... You know, they'd, we'd lower a ladder down. I'd climb, uh, was at least 20 feet down in these holes. There'd often be, like, mice in there jumping around, peeing on you and cr- running around in your clothes and little frogs and shit. And but then, tremors. But then my partner up top Crab would p- pull the ladder because otherwise I have no room to dig. And then he'd, like, lower a five-gallon bucket on a rope down, and I'd fill it up with gravel. He'd haul it up, dump it, repeat, repeat, so all the gravel's out. Then I'd dig out, like, you know, half an inch of dirt and get that out of there, and then we put the gravel back in, and then we can leave. And we did that to like 30, 40 of those fucking things. Uh, they were like air release valves and pressure release valves. 
But one time I was taking an exceptionally long time and uh, my partner Cameron went back to the pickup truck and fell asleep. Oh, fuck. And then I'm just sitting there in this open, I'm hollering for him, nothing, nothing, for like an hour. Oh, fuck, And dude. it like started to rain and shit. Oh. Like, so you're like in this, there's like, oh, at least the water gets high I can swim, swim out. out. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, boy. That's yeah. a way to go. So I, I can I kind of identify with the guy at the bottom of the hole. So Barry's is not burying himself. He's digging. Uh, then he found $50 a pan. Woo! Damn. Uh, by December, they're pulling out $500 pans and Damn. $200 nuggets. That's nothing like it in the world because in 1849 in California, the best pans were banned 35 to 40 cents. Holy shit. So this is 35 to 40 cents? Yes. And, he's, mm-hmm. and he's getting like $500 pans? Yeah. Yep. Well, that uh, in California, like uh, when they got into the high production mining, a lot of that instead of being in a hole like that, they would just like literally take high pressure hoses and just blast away entire hillside. Yeah, and to sluice it. So you know you're coming up with a lot more tiny shit. I mean, you're getting huge amounts of shit, but just like yeah, smaller pieces, smaller pieces, and you know, of course, generally uh, owned by not the actual miners, owned by the mining conglomerate that's paying the miners. So. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, that winter, the Yukon froze till mid-April. For three weeks in March, the temperature never broke uh, 50 below. Oh, nice. That's some good that. spring weather. Yeah. Despite high earnings, uh, some men quit because of the cold and the dark. And we're not even that far north, like yeah. Fairbanks, where you have four hours of, of daylight. This is, well, maybe like six or, or right. whatever during the winter. But Balmy. Yeah. Some dug underneath their cabins to see gold was there. So that's nice. Just fall in. <laughs> Barry didn't stop, though. He would dig half a ton of rock a day by hand. Uh, Clarence Barry had an advantage, too. He had a wife named Ethel, mm-hmm. who did a lot of the that's panning. That's an advantage. Uh, she made moose sausage and kept the books for berries and others, uh, too. The coldest night that winter was minus 72. God damn. And she washed $7,000 worth of gold that winter. So thanks to Ethel. Yeah. Damn. And actually, wasn't she like kind of like one of the first wives on this mission that, or at least, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Anglo wives? Yep. That name needs to make a comeback, man. That's my uh, my great my great grandmother and her twin sister uh, lived together, like uh, in my childhood. They lived together in like a double wide uh, out in the middle of fucking nowhere. But um, yeah, Esther and Ethel. Wow. Yep. And they used to run a tavern in Seattle. Uh, till they retired, moved out to Shelton. Nice, but yeah, they they looked and sounded exactly the way you'd expect. Like <laughs> little tiny, kind of hunched over. They like chain smoked, and I never mm. saw them eat food. I, they only just drank MGD. But <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. a, kind of witchy. Popeye, they were fucking awesome. Popeyes, sea hag, yep. nemesis. Wow. Pretty much, yeah. Got to bring it back. Mm-hmm. The berries knew it was time to leave that April and cash in. They took a steamer down to uh, St. Michael on the Bering Sea, so I guess they took the Yukon all the way back. Then back to Seattle. By the time they got there, the news of the strike already had spread. July 17, 1897, a crowd of 5,000 waited for them at the docks. Armed guards met the ship and carried off 4,000 pounds of gold dust worth over a million dollars. God damn. A million dollars back in in that day? Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. Lots. The GDP, the fucking U.S. at that Pretty point. Pretty much, yep. And about 500 uh, pounds of that belonged to the berries. Now they're worth $130,000, and they were the richest on the ship. Uh, newspaper men swarmed the berries. Uh, they named Ethel the Bride of the Yukon. Mm. Whoa. Better than mm. the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> My 
Uh, the Panic of 1893 was the worst depression the country had so far. Satanic Panic? Mm-hmm. Unemployment hit 20% and people went west for opportunity. There were two types of currency, one backed by gold and the other by silver. Uh, silver dollar was only worth 85 cents compared to a gold note. And the rich hoarded the gold-backed money. Make it even more complicated. Oh, there we go. Here's, here's uh, Clarence and Ethel. Clarence has the pan, and Ethel looks like she's about to punch somebody in the fucking face. Oh, shit. So. Let's snap a picture of that. She's a robust woman. <laughs> kind of had to be back. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you're wearing 20 pounds worth of underwear, too. Yeah. She's a healthy girl. I'm not even saying that she's, like, thick. I'm just saying she looks like she'll kick the fuck out of the logger. Mm-hmm. Like, like, a stern demeanor. A So, the strike of 1897 seemed to be the answer to uh, America's problems. Yeah. And then we never had problems again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> End story. End of podcast. Uh, by the end of the week, uh, papers had ads for Stampeder supplies and steamship passages and clairvoyance to tell you where the gold was hidden. Oh, super. Of course. You mm-hmm. said Stampeder. Stampeders are guys that are on the Stampede. Like, it's like going literally to, called go a Stampede. To, okay. okay. Just, yep. Not like the Cow Stampede. Well, I mean, very much like the Cow Stampede, only, people. only dumber yeah. and greedier. So it's it's kind of like the what what state was the Sooners? Was that that's Oklahoma? Oklahoma, and then you have like the border the ruffians, land, well, the, the land rush. The land, yeah, so it's it's that it's the that kind of name, the Stampeders. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, it's named after what cows do when they're afraid yeah. and they go rushing headlong. Yeah, yeah. regardless of obstacle or danger. I'm, I'm just saying, like I I didn't realize that every state had its own fucking like nickname for the people that. Well, the Stampeders are in up. general, but already by this point, the guys that have been there for years are already called sourdoughs. There's guys that have been there for a while already. Okay. They just hadn't found these big-ass loads yet. Gotcha. And, I mean, there's, like, the wolfers up there poisoning them wolves. Yeah. And then what are the hell, what do they call the greenhorns? They have that cool word for them. I'll find it. It's something like chickadee, but it's not chickadee. <laughs> so July 21st, only four days after the first San Francisco Chronicle story appeared. Thanks to George Hurst. Uh, herds of men gathered on the docks in Seattle and crowded any available steamer going north. It was called Klondike Asitis. What? Cl- or Klondicitis. Klondike Situs or Klondicitis, swelling of the Klondike. <laughs> Damn, look at his Klondike. Soon uh, every passage was sold out. You getting enough iodine? Your, your Klondike's looking a little swollen. <laughs> So every leaky tub and rusty steamer were pressed into service. Oh, yeah. They were straight up grabbing shit from, like, the disassembly yard and, oh, like, and just <laughs> patching holes and kind of putting a crew on it, most of which were shit-faced, some of which had never sailed. Damn. Mm-hmm. So thousands left that first week alone. A guy named Tappan Adney was a journalist from New York City. One more time. Tappan Adney. Tappan, T-A-P-P-A-N. Speaking of like swollen body parts, it sounds like uh, tap anatomy. <laughs> tap anadenoids. Yeah. <laughs> he did have experience in mining and, and rambling. <laughs> <laughs> blah, hey, blah, blah, blah. Hey, man, I never tell you about the time I jumped a horse. Though he knew better to make the trip so late in the year, he left July 28th from New York City. Adney briefly stopped at Winnipeg on the way to catch a ship. He stopped at the fort at HBC Post to buy furs for the cold weather. Oh, this is the failed, uh, instead of trying to go all the way around on a ship from New York. Yeah. They, oh, he tried they, to go across well, land. Well, they dog sled it, kind of, mm-hmm. and they tried to go up the glacier. 
Yep. Yeah, these these guys fare really good. This is mm-hmm. a good time for everyone. <laughs> Super. Oh, I found the thing where they call the 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 greenhorns their chichacos. Oh, that's right. Yes, chichaco. Yeah. It's what the I think it's the native word okay. for like fucking dummy who's new and doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's native for stupid <laughs> fucking white man. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So uh, either a chichaco or or the, well, sourdough or sourdough or somewhere in between. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, he stopped at an HBC post to buy some furs, but probably that, a good idea. They were sold out, even that far south. Uh, he judged that two thirds of the people waiting at Victoria were not up for the trip, so he knew that if he could just make it up there, that uh, he you could would... pilfer gear off somebody's dead body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> that's that's if he could get over the pass. Because there's still like motherfuckers. There's motherfuckers like, goodbye, mother. I'm leaving, you know, the Carmel Valley to seek my fortune, wearing like patent leather shoes. Right. And, and when I return, a, I shall a be bindle a bindle sack over my shoulder. Right. When I return, I shall be a cabin man. Yes. When I return, I shall be. I I just shall not return, or I shall be <laughs> penniless drunkard. Yeah. Oh, maybe this isn't the guys who tried to to go from the inside. I thought it was. I don't know. Or is or no? That's that's um. The guy like the lantern is named after, uh, or not named after, um, <laughs> shit. Late for class. Forgot your books. Your cat was eaten by your dog. Your dog was eaten by a grizzly bear. McKinsey broke up with you after a three-month relationship. Boy, have you had a day. New from Bronson Swagger. Makers of the first American scotch comes child's play. The first whiskey for kids with fun flavors like black bean, goat milk, New England blue crab, grape, and many, many more. And it's only 50 proof. Go ahead and have that third glass. So unwind and leave your troubles behind, cause it's playtime. Child's play from Bronson Swagger. Bronson Swagger. It's good. Never mind that. <laughs> It'll yep. be struck from the record. But uh, so Tappan had to figure out which pass to take because there's now two. That was the Chilkoot from Daya. Yep. Or White Pass from Skagway. Which Daya no longer exists, but mm-hmm. Skagway is still there. Yep. Uh, rumors said both towns were full of cutthroats. Those rumors were almost kind of true. Uh, the narrow Chilkoot was already jammed with traffic. Uh, White Pass was supposedly had been improved the last few months. So most people were choosing White Pass at this time. But also, people, like, rumors are like assholes around this fucking place. And, mm-hmm. uh, Everybody's got one? Oh, yeah, yeah, and they all stink. Yeah. Just to get off a ship at Skagway or, or Daya is you basically just... You're going to lose most of your shit unless you're able to sit on a pile of your shit and just fight... Kind of in well, the mud flats, there's not a dock yeah. or anything. And like then, that. this was kind of the time where, like, like, uh, god damn it, we talked about it in the Sobe Smith one where, like, he they had like the telegraph office with the wires that just go into not the fucking water. Not even that yet. Oh, okay. not even that yet. Soapy's a few years later. Oh, okay. Like, this Fuck. is proto. Oh, this shit. is still kind of there's some cabin shit happening that's still mostly tense. Yeah. And it's just, I think there's a picture of them in the mud. God damn. Do you imagine like fucking 50 below and you're hanging out in a goddamn canvas tent? Hey, guess what I'm. Fuck I'm, that. I'm, well, I mean, I, I have some experience with that from the fucking army, you know? Yeah, here's the beach at Daya. That's when, they, un- when they unload the boats. 
and you got to figure out which shit is yours and make sure nobody else wanders off with it. And it's and just sitting there. Drag in the it mud. out before the water comes and, back yeah, in. Yeah, before the tide comes in. Oh my God. This is like a fucking refugee camp. Well, yeah, it's exactly what it is, except Jesus for these refugees Christ. aren't trying to escape anything. They're trying to fucking get rich. Oh, wow. I love the dude with the fucking bow tie and the vest. Well, yeah. His fucking, yeah, yeah. His fucking hat. What am I, a shit. savage? <laughs> God. Oh, this is also a guy. We were talking about the miners. There's a guy getting a whip for being a thief. Oh, cool. Just, oh, shit. I, didn't, <laughs> I missed that picture. Fuck. So, Ed, and he found six passable horsies for the trip. Uh, this will come into play later, too. Oh, yes. All the horsies. Uh, and he found two men to go with him. Jim McCarran had been in the 7th Cavalry, so he knew horsies. Oh, yeah. Maybe. And probably how to get killed by the Sioux, too. Yeah. Uh, another guy named Burkhart was barely more than a boy and was a baker because his father was one, which I'm sure is good. If if you have bread, then it'd be a good skill to have. Well, but that would have been the thing is if that motherfucker had just moved up there with as much flour as he could carry and baking utensils and just cranked out bread. Start, start a bakery. He would yeah. have gotten hugely rich yeah. if he could have kept from getting murdered for his money. Right. Um, but. So the two guys agreed to tend the horses and get Adney's stuff over the pass in exchange for building them a boat on the other side of the pass. Uh, with them was a one-eyed Dutchman. <laughs> Uh, he was large, thick, and slow. Definitely sounds like a penis reference. I was going to say large, <laughs> thick, and slow. Hey, what's say up? Say hi to my one-eyed one Dutchman. Dutchman. <laughs> uh, and he choose to ignore him, though. So When you reach the pass, ignore the one-eyed Dutchman. I mean, look at Adney. Yeah. He's got that sweet-ass like campaign hat. Uh-huh. he got sealskin boots. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at that. That journalist is rigged and ready to go. Yep. So many boats were taken that only alcoholic captains and green crews remained. <laughs> uh, the boats were so crowded that men and women had to sleep in the same rooms. That's oh, how no. scandalous oh, that was. Well, plus some of them had horses on them that, you know, horses don't like that shit. And plus mm-hmm. horses were in so- short supply down in Seattle, so you're buying like these fucking nags. Trash, just, trash just horse. Skeletor horse. <laughs> Uh, half the men were from Boston and New York and still dressed in their city suits and other shoes. And the guy with the bow tie you yeah, mentioned, yeah. mentioned earlier. Uh, the journey up uh, the inside passage took four days, so that's not too bad. No, compared to Justin uh, Clark or some shit. August 19th, uh, the Islander, I guess that's the ship they're on, stopped at Mary Island south of Juneau to let on Americans Customs official. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, he told them what to expect, and this is basically the first reliable news that they got. You are fucked. Turn back now. <laughs> you are fucked. Uh, in Skagway, a man was caught stealing and had 24 hours to leave. Then he was shot. Yeah. Did he Did he not leave? No, I guess not. Okay. Well, well the dumb. thing is that leaving, you can either get shot or you're going to starve and get consumed by wolves. Sure. So unless you can figure out something else. Yeah. You know, you're probably spending a lot of your time figuring out how the fuck to get out of there. And then, oh, time's up. Bingity bang. Damn, dude. So the traditional route by the Klingit was the Chilkoot. Uh, that was 3,800 feet, but it was known for snow and avalanches. But for Alaska, that's pretty high up. You don't have to get far above 2,000 feet there to get into snow. But that was the quickest and most direct route. But now there was another white pass, and the climb was reputed to be gradual and no mountaineering required. And suitable for horses and eventually a railroad. Yeah, well, yeah, eventually. <laughs> eventually. Uh, it was longer in distance, but it was only 3,200 feet. Uh, both trails met at Lake Bennett. After that, it was boat by a chain of lakes and into the Yukon River. 
There's no consensus on which way to take, because whichever one you take... You're going to fucking die. You will wish you had gone to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the unknown is better than whatever the fuck you chose? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, it's just like, oh, this sucks. And then <laughs> we should have done the other one. I mean, I assure you, it sucked too. So I'm saying, that's bad news if, if the, the unknown route is the one that you wish you would have taken. <laughs> so all this is hearsay, though, because no two stories agreed on anything. Uh, according to Adney's estimation, uh, anyway. Here, here's what you got to do to get into that Lake Bennett, too. Yeesh. In a boat, you're probably going to build yourself. So. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. It's, it's, it's fairly whitewatery. The 140 passengers on, uh, on the Islander, everybody was taking White Pass. Uh, Adney seemed suspicious, though, because if White Pass was the better pass, why wasn't it the traditional route the Clinket were taking? They got to Skagway. The beach was too shallow to land big ships. Indians offered rides for 25 cents. I don't know if they're mustache rides or, or not. <laughs> Adney took one. On shore was another uh, hubbub to get their gear ashore before the tide came in, which was always fun. When you're saying rides for 25 cents, I'm imagining like like a county fair, and they put you on a pony, and then it just walks in a oh, circle. See, I was picturing like the back. little fiberglass horse you had at the mall that just kind of like... Actually, it'd be probably like a boat, like a little fiberglass boat, probably with a like a holiday holiday fart cruise looking yeah, yeah. boat. Big money, Sylvia. A uh, big money. Uh, so talk was that there was already twenty five hundred men on the trail, on this thirty mile trail. Horses were walked onto large scows and rowed ashore. And scows, like a uh, landing craft, like a oh, okay. uh, your little boats, like. A, you know, like, to, yeah, to go from a big ship to like a yeah. to shore dinghy ish, uh, bigger than a dinghy. Yeah, uh, rode ashore and dumped in the cold ass glacier water because they can't even get the scow all the way up because you got a cool, you know, heavy ass horse. So yeah. it's like, all right, you're close enough. Bye. So Adney set up his camera. Horses love that, by the way. Oh yeah, captured the muddy mess of tents. So he's one of the first ones to take pictures of all this good he stuff. He probably took that fucking picture of the guy in his tie sitting on the pile of shit. That Tony will put on the Insta. And he heard store or heard horses in Skagway cost two hundred dollars. They were so used up at the top of the pass they cost twenty cents. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did a horse cost in the continental United States about that time? Maybe um, probably twenty dollars. Something like that. Man, God damn, dude. So even so close to White Pass, no two stampeders could agree on the conditions up on the pass. All day broken men came down telling stories of horses tumbling off of cliffs. Uh seventeen lost in one slide. The road was good for the few to first five miles, and then all hell begins. One man told Adney. Yep, that sounds promising. Mm-hmm. Uh. Men on the trail were inexperienced. Uh, no one knew how to secure a harness or pack an outfit or holster a weapon. <laughs> That's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> you can't even put it in a holster. <laughs> Damn it! How does it? Ow! Shoots himself in the foot trying to. <laughs> uh, the horses seemed to be infected by stupid too. And they bucked and reared. <laughs> Probably walked backwards. Uphill. Yeah. Adney became impatient and wanted to find out for himself. Uh, without filing the paperwork or paying the duties that were they, they were rumored to do, nobody knew what to, <laughs> what just, the legal things were doing. Well, it was probably just some asshole, like, you know, getting as many people as he could. Hey, you got to pay the toll. Sure, yeah. Here's your badge. Well, I mean, later, Soapy Smith is pretty famous for what, selling fake boat tickets and fake claims and all that shit. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it started... Before he even got there. Yep. Some stampeders used overburdened horses. Mm-hmm. Two had bicycles. That's a bold move. <laughs> what the fuck? 
What are you? Velocipedes. <laughs> I know. Vel- no, I'm, they weren't quite that bad. Okay, I was like, what the fuck are you can do with like, a penny farthing two, in the two wheel, goddamn mountains? They had two wheels of roughly the same size, but okay. they also didn't have any suspension, and I don't think they had changeable gears yet. Yeah. And, the, you know, a nice leather-covered metal seat for that ass. Yeah. And, of course, this is the part of Alaska that's like uh, here. If it's not raining, it's snowing. Yeah. A few miles, they found a makeshift camp called Foot of the Hill. Mm. There, men were already giving up. Some instead, uh, some instead decided to do the hauling, making sometimes hundred dollars a day instead of going over themselves. Mm-hmm. Mind the miners. Uh, Adney said, "There's no common interest. It's every man for himself, and most of them have regret even starting on the trail." This is five miles it's in. Fucking, it's fucking <laughs> fi- fire fest. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so the higher they went, the worse the trail became. Really? Who just saw that coming? It was no road. It was barely a trail. Ankle-deep mud. Uh, some places the slope was 40 degrees. The trees opened and Adney could see what laid before him. It was still 10 miles away and just lines of people. Adney guessed that there was 5,000 men before him and half as many horses. Uh, men beat the animals every time they stopped moving. Because, <laughs> of course, you do. And that and, causes them never to freak out mm-hmm. or just give up or and, die trying. Yep. Yeah. White Pass would be known from now on as what? Dead Horse Trail or Dead Horse Pass. Yep. Oh, super. The old. At least it gives you more traction. You got stuff to step on. That's now. the problem is they start kind of tripping on each other's carcasses. Oh, my carcasses. God, dude. The, the Dead Horse Trail. Rotting horses below the Dead Horse Trail. They talk about later Fuck. in the springtime, like the, the wonderful aromas. <laughs> that, <laughs> I bet, dude. I'm sure. And also the drinkable quality of that oh, water. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's like bullion. Mm. So it's just noisy with the swarm of flies, all the flies. Oh, my God. <laughs> so basically they just were left rot next to the trail or rolled down into the river and polluted it. Which is exactly the picture I just showed Tony yeah, that, yeah. that yep. I'm sure will be. It'll it'll be somewhere. Instagrammed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one man beat his horse for half an hour with an axe handle. It still wouldn't move. Half an hour? I can beat my horse in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the man then hung his horse. What? Why? Cut off its ear and let it slowly strangle all day. What the fuck? Okay, ding, 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 serial killer. Yeah, well, he was frustrated. My God. Jesus. Why go through the fucking trouble of hanging your horse? Because these people are mostly awful. They're either either really stupid or they're really awful, like a lot of people. God damn, dude. Uh, Some witnesses claim they saw a horse deliberately walk over the side of a cliff in suicide. Oh, man. Uh, Adney was heartbroken, to say the least. Because he liked horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Jack London, because yeah. he's a character in this. He's a real character. Uh, he was sitting at a muddy way station, sheep camp, uh, 10 days up from the Pacific, but still 10 days away from Chilkoot Pass. He sat there in the rain growing weaker. It was already too cold at sheep camp. What's weaker and why is he growing it? It's like a beard, only oh, <laughs> less <Yeah>. desirable. <laughs> uh, in the summer of 1897, Jack London was a nobody tramp from Oakland. His mother spoke to ghosts, and his father was unknown. Mm. <laughs> this is sheep camp. Father was a ghost. Do they have sheep there, or is it just called sheep camp? They probably had mountain sheep around there, oh, is what I'm you. guessing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either doll sheep or, or bighorn. Uh, the first time he got fall down drunk, he was seven. Yeah, baby. That's uh, how you become an author, Tony. I was going to say, he should become mm-hmm. a writer. Like, that's, uh, you know, they're all drunkards, right? Yeah. Well, and he's pretty famous. For- yeah, oh, yeah. 
Didn't he invent the fucking like Bloody Mary? He used to drink like tomato juice and what? to get rid of his hangover, they would dump. That sounds more like a, that sounds more like a Hemingway thing to me. But oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Well. Okay. Strict that for the record. <laughs> uh, London got his grub steak from his brother-in-law, who is an aging sea captain with a failing heart. Aren't we all just aging sea captains <laughs> with failing hearts? He married uh, his sister when he was. Uh, not not the captain. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, cool. He married Jack London's sister. <laughs> he married his sister when he was eight after getting drunk. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jack London's sister was 16, and he was a 41-year-old widower. Oh, it doesn't get... great. Uh, then he got clonditis. Uh, he also had a heart attack. Remember on the, the, Klon- the swelling of the Klondike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he also had a heart attack on the on a streetcar in San Francisco while getting ready for the trip. Oh, his child bride was thrilled, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, old sourdough said the choosing between white white pass and the Chilkoot, one way led to hell and the other one to damnation. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. So these guys were dropped off at Daya, so they took the Chilkoot. Uh, sheep camp was 13 miles away from the sea, but only a thousand feet up. His brother-in-law lasted only a few days. Only lasted a few days there before rheumatism and melancholy overtook him. He was just too sad to go on, I guess. Did, did that kill him? No, he gave up and would take the first steamer back to San Francisco. Oh, okay. Where he died of sadness. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jack London goes on. His goal was to carry his 800-pound outfit one mile a day. So that's not all at one time. You carry... 30 to 50 pounds, yeah. go back, 30, 50. I don't get how your shit would still be there. When That's you're what I was just thinking about. Like, Although everybody had their own shit, yeah. mostly. You know. and, it was, and it was against the law to steal anything. So, Yeah. At this point, is there really a lot of law <laughs> happening anymore? <laughs> so that meant thirty mile, 31 miles of walking. So 16 loaded with a 50-pound pack and then 15 trips back unloaded. Uh, Indians used a strap across their foreheads to carry more. Even Indian women carried more weight than these white guys, just yeah. taking it on their Kind of like, a, uh, I think we've talked about tump lines before, where, uh, like, the cur- the boye and the fucking uh, trappers and shit, when you're carrying the big bales of beaver shit, they'd use a head strap a lot of times. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Indians charged eight cents a pound before the stampede, but now it was 40. If you complained, it was 45 cents or 50 cents. <laughs> London had earned only a dollar twenty dollar dollar twenty a day at the pickle factory. The what factory? The he worked factory. at a pickle factory. It was not a male strip club. It was <laughs> literally a pickle factory. <laughs> a pickle. That's Although where they build, now they build I know pickles. what my next investment is that's after right. my Dogecoin fucking pays off. <laughs> uh, so he didn't have any money to pay a packer, so he's doing it all by himself. Uh, hold on, going back to the Bloody Mary. Yeah. Uh, French bartender Fernand Poitier uh, claimed to have invented it in 1921, blah, 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 according to his granddaughter. He was working in New York Bar in Paris, the New York Bar in Paris, that was confusing, which later became Harry's New York Bar, a frequent yeah. Paris hangout for Ernest Hemingway. Ernest so, Hemingway, okay, that's what it was. Another, another good drunk author that likes manly man weird shit. Yeah, that's, you see how I got it confused. Yes. Yes. Close enough. London saw a tiny man carrying 100 pounds of flour. He tripped and fell face first. Are you a leprechaun? And everyone laughed. <laughs> he fell face first and drowned in the water. Oh, whoops. Because the water <laughs> yeah, flour so weighed as much now, as him. Is it dick? <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry to that man's family. So, uh, you know, he probably didn't weigh much more than the flour. Right. At another crossing, it was said that three or four men drowned there a day. 
This is just a, a puddle. Oh my god, dude. So we we've talked in the past about like shit like doing Everest. Oh and, yeah, the, and you the, have like green boots and all yeah, the other littered littered dead bodies all over the fucking. This is summit. what like one eighteenth of that height and. Mm-hmm. This is ten miles in, like a thousand feet up. Yeah. Uh, soon, uh, Jack uh, slowed to half his pace. Three days out of sheep camp was uh, Stonehouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, Stonehouse. No. Not a Stonehouse. Stonehouse. Just a stone. Oh, oh. Yeah, okay. It's, I thought... It's a pile of boulders. I thought it was the final uh, little pig's house. No, it's a pile of boulders no. you can okay. actually sit on with your pack on. Oh. You also got to remember the packs in these days. The frames, if they had a frame, was generally wood. Mm-hmm. So your pack frame and your pack probably weighed... Oh, I don't know. A lot? At least 20 pounds, yeah. at least. It's not like some ultralight fucking parachute yeah, yeah. material. So the, the pack is 20 pounds. You're putting, what, 30 pounds on to make a full 30 50? 30 to 50. Yeah. So this uh, marked the final ascent. Uh, several weeks later, the edge of the glaciers would collapse and send a slurry of mud and ice down. Mm. Yay. So you have that to look forward to. All right. Even nice. moving the stone house and trapping unknown bodies underneath. Mm. Unknown number of bodies. Yeah, so these big rocks in this picture just are just going to roll over people because like there's a, so much slurry. Yeah, like a weighted blanket. Yeah. Keep you... Like a really heavy... Make you sl- sleep better. Forever. Forever. Uh, past that, the last stretch was near a vertical known as the Golden Stairs. That's kind of the famous picture there. You got oh, yeah. the Golden Stairs. Yeah, Men crawled up on their hands and knees. It took London a full day to get over the final leg. But the view on the other side was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. And you could sled all the way down on your mm-hmm. friend's corpse, just like the Simpsons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, he finally descended to the tree line, and London had his first fire in two and a half weeks. Oh, God damn, that must have been, for lack of a better word, orgasmic. Yeah, I mean, just like, for two oh. weeks they didn't have a fire? No, and you're just sleeping in this shit, Fuck snow that. and mud. No. Just a dead horse and a dead midget with a fucking, or dead little person with a hundred pound sack of flour. Apologies. God damn, dude. And... We, we use that because that's our high school mascot. That's right. <laughs> and we're not kidding. No, it's real. <laughs> it still is. Uh, maybe they'll change it one of these days. I do love, I, I don't know if we talked about it before, but uh, the, the mascot for my high school, the Shelton High Climbers, the the little guy, it, like pretty much exactly the same as the Dickens oh, and Midgets. Except for it has a hard hat. A hard or hat, yeah. yeah. Ours doesn't need a hard hat. Well, ours doesn't either. He has a scowl. It was given to him by his father, so he oh. wear, it's a sentimental value. I see. So on September 8th, 1897, he reached Lake Lindemann, uh, the end of the long carry. Um, but each day the snow crept slowly down the hillside because it's still it's the end of summer. So yeah, so you're fucked. Yep. But now it's time to build a boat. Yes. Nice. Oh yeah, that's I'm, exactly. It. I'm getting uh, I'm getting uh, Lewis and Clark vibes all of a sudden. Did they did they build oh, a this... boat frame and drag it with them over the fucking mountain? Um, not. I mean, yeah, but not as bad as before. Okay, but it's also somewhat worse, but still better. But not. Yeah, it's different. It's just different. Just different. But most men didn't know how to build a boat. Uh, Once again, Tony, I'm going to refer you to this picture of the water they're going to be taking yeah, these boats. Yeah. Oh, this is this is like uh, Lewis and Clark mushed together with uh, fucking Wilkes. Oh yeah, the yeah Wilkes, Wilkes expedition, expedition yeah. Grand Canyon shit. Yeah, most were the size and shape of a coffin. So only which is, <laughs> only cold, colder water too. Yeah, totally. Size and shape of a coffin. I love it. So of course, just, there's just no mill there to make uh, any planks. 
Uh, only whip saws were were around, brought by the stampeders. Those are like the two-man saws yeah. that you use to cut mm-hmm. down trees. So you're basically taking a log, and a lot of times they'd have one guy. You could rig up a thing where one guy's on top, one guy's on the bottom. So you're pull, 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 right. pull. And you're, rip, you're, you're just you're ripping them ripping and boards. making planks like yeah. that. Jesus, like an animal. Um, Can't you? I mean, I would I would make the fucking the dugout the canoe yeah. or or um, do the shit where you notch the log and just like you can hack out planks with a yeah with an axe a little easier. I mean, yeah, they're not yeah. going to be as straight, but Oof. I mean, you're fucked no matter what. I mean, these guys are fucked. Basically. <laughs> so uh, London spent two weeks at the lake. He worked with four other mm, men. Sounds lovely. Two weeks at the lake. Two weeks. By Starving the lake. by the, but I got a fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, working with four other men he met along the way. Guy named Ira Merritt Slopper. Yeah. Or Sloper. <laughs> Sloper. I like Slopper better. Yeah. <laughs> he had experience building a boat. Ah. And Jack had experience sailing one. Which yeah. I, Our powers combined. We are Captain Jack, Death, Death Jack, Jack Slopper. <laughs> Jack Slopper. But they had to go five miles to find suitable trees because everybody's cutting them down because there's 5,000 other people trying to yeah. do this. Yay. They're all dead. Mm-hmm. Woodhawks get it every time. But they worked around the clock. They named the boat the Yukon Bell. It was 27 foot long and 5,000 pounds could fit inside of it. Whoa. Uh, they left their camp September 21st. Uh, they made quick work uh, of the six-mile lake. They saw men wreck their boats that tried to line through the rapids. Uh, they didn't bother attempt it, though, and portaged it. Yeah, that's probably smart. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of boat carrying that had a portage. At Lake Bennett, the Chilkoot and White Pass trails met, so there's even more people. Uh, London could smell Lake Bennett before he could see it. Because of? Piles of dead horses. Yay! <laughs> Come to lovely Lake Bennett. <laughs> Our beaches are have contained the finest equine flesh. That's right. That's and ever rotted under the sun. Dry aged. Yeah. For... No, they're soggy because they're... <laughs> soggy aged. <laughs> Brined. Brined. We cooked it low and slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 40, 40, like degrees. 40 degrees. <laughs> for weeks. Uh, they heard rumors that there was no food left in Dawson. There's all sorts of horses. Duh. I know. And Dawson was still 400 miles away, though. Oh, shit. Uh, rumors were that steamers were stuck on sandbars going up the Yukon. And you got to remember, the Yukon comes uh, just south of Nome. This is basically uh, the other side of the country from right. another thousand miles Good God. by steamer if you're coming up. You said Nome? Yeah, N-O-M-E, not like... Not G-N-O-M-E? Not, yeah, not, not like On the Bering Sea, basically, almost. No, it's a gnome, a gnome named Norm. Oh, yeah. That's the mm-hmm. movie. That's a fucking weird-ass movie. Have you seen that? Yep. Oh, God, that movie's weird. I remember seeing it when it first came out. Like, uh, it was on HBO Is he voiced by Bob K. Goldwith, or he just looks like him? He just looks like him. Oh. Yeah. It's, uh... Oh, yeah, he's all like... Yeah. The best, the best parts when he fucking uh, the so it, okay, it's a cop played by what Anthony Michael Hall is that who it is? Yeah. And yeah. then um, uh, he he's like a police officer. He comes across this like gnome. There's like a whole oh Robert Zadar's in it too. Mm-hmm. There's oh, like yeah. a whole, there's a whole thing where like his, his like he's got a crystal that gets stolen by some fucking mafiosos and they got to get it back. But then uh, Norm uh, the gnome guy ends up uh, at a strip club and he's wearing like a Gordon's Fisherman outfit. And he ends up stripping with a stripper. He's an L.A. cop. He's a... Uh, a no. Right. A gnome. He's hot on the trail of a million bucks. He's after the... Uh, 
Moving on. Right. Meet Gallagher and Gnorm. Two guys with nothing in common. Giant robots. Well, almost nothing. Take it easy, will you? You gotta concentrate. They've got to work together and get it together before everything blows apart. Upworld. The normal, it's not. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Wow, that's a fucking I was, fever dream. Of I was movie. get <laughs> conflated some of that and the drama inherent in uh, the classic uh, Tammy and the T Rex. Oh, they yeah. make about as much sense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that Sasquatch movie with Meatloaf, where the Bigfoot is only like a foot tall. I've never seen that. That's another. The fuck is that? Like bong water? No, <laughs> no. I think it's uh... when we catch this yeti. I'm set for life. Dude, I found out Meatloaf died like recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Duh. I didn't know that. What the fuck? Right about the same time as Betty White, actually. Wow. I mean, her news must have like what somehow o- overshadowed, overshadowed it. Mm-hmm. Dead horses. Dead horses. Everywhere. Yep. Send me dead horses. So they're still going down these series of lakes at uh, Tagish Lake. They had to cross the big windy arm. Mm, sounds great. Sounds calm and benevolent. Uh, they saw two different boats capsize and sink, and the men drown. Free boat? Yep. <laughs> no, they uh, sank, so. Oh, yeah. September 23rd, they pulled into Lake Marsh. There was a Canadian customs agent. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So you go, and what aren't you allowed do you to do have, in Canada? Do you have any time? fruits or vegetables? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> fuck. No, I don't got any no, fruits or vegetables. It's do you have any liquor? Because we don't allow you to have whiskey because you're going to give it to the Indians and mm-hmm. that's going to fuck our shit up. Oh, weird. No but whiskey in th- Canada. This is also still a time when whiskey was used as medicinal for sure, these guys, and sure. also. If you just spent a week with no fire yeah. and you're eating dead horse turds and f- you're going to want some whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a doctor's note. This is uh, for my rheumatism. Kind of. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Later on, the, the Mounties would uh, be at the pass. Oh, yeah. Was this when- they send one's... you back if you didn't have a thousand pounds worth of gear. Well, wasn't that when steel took it, took charge, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But Cap- they had to pay him $21.50. But this is the first time dealing with the Canadian government since they left Daya. Because there was no government officials on the shitty mountain hellholes. <laughs> nope. But they made good time because they're going downhill. London's the seamanship led the way because yep. he was a seaman. I don't know what that has to do with a lake. but <laughs> Well, if it's a windy fucking lake, you, mean, you can get some chop out there. He's yep. like, shit, I don't know well, how to sail on fresh water. Well, didn't yeah? Didn't they rig some kind of little sail? I think they must have because they're passing other ships. They it, they said something about that in the book. It's like a shitty, you know, it's not a real good sail, but it's enough to yeah. You're not sitting there having to roll it's like tied a, off the like legs of those long johns and help put them up on a mast. No, I mean they have tents and tarps and shit. Okay. So of course it's end of September, which means it's beginning to snow too. Yeah, and soon the lake will be. You could slide across it. Yeah. <laughs> See, you should have just waited for that. <laughs> Uh, London actually had a book that described the hazards ahead, which was rapids and more rapids. Though they saw people fall in and drown, they all voted to run the rapids. Uh, London lashed himself to the boat. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Well, to the tiller. So basically the, you know, they basically for a tiller, they just had like kind of an oar stuck at the back. Mm -hmm. So it's not like in there in any good way, shape or form. Right. So he just like tied himself to it. So. If you lose the tiller, I'm going with it because we're fucked if we don't have the tiller. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, wasn't there wasn't there a dude that like when we talked about the Wilkes expedition in the Grand Canyon? Wasn't there we talked about some guy that just like got strapped to a fucking raft and sent down the fucking river? 
Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, one. It doesn't matter. No. Probably. Yeah. It I just happens. remember Wilkes was the only one that had life jacket because he had the one arm. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about uh, Powell. Er, Powell. Er, oh, Powell. Powell. Sorry. That's Wesley what I meant. Powell. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wilkes is different. That's that's the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it took three minutes to go what they thought would take four days of portaging. Then London goes back and guides another boat through the rapids to be a nice guy. And also because he seems to be a bit of an adrenaline junkie at this mm-hmm. point. At Whitehorse Rapids, they went to a, into a spin and came close to the rocks. Uh, Slopper jumped off to avoid a disaster, but the boat missed the side of the leaving right. sop, Slopper to run, and, run alongside the boat trying to jump in. Yeah, then the disaster became Slopper. <laughs> so again, London goes back Plus and running runs the along rapids the, like for the this same is people. White Horse, running alongside the boat. Oh yeah, it's, like that, it's just craters of the moon. Fucking yeah, yeah. Fuck. Uh, Sunday, September twenty-six, a bitter winter storm set in, uh, leaving them on shore for a while. They only had a few days more left before everything froze in place. So kind of have to get going. They signed to an Alaska. Trading post at Fort Selkirk. They um, did what to it? it? Signed into? Oh, like they got there and signed in? Okay. I guess so. Like a fucking Motel 6? Yeah. Oh, that's because they were 4,845th people through Ooh. since the stampede began. Wow. Uh, October 8th, they made it to the Stewart River and found an island in the river with uh. some old cabins on it. And plenty of timber and a potential goldfield creek nearby. So they stopped there. This is where we're going to spend the winter. Mm-hmm. That's because all In the-, the middle of a river that won't <laughs> freeze hard enough for us to walk on for a few days, but also won't thaw out so we can sail away. Kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so all the old sourdoughs said the Yukon would freeze up by October 13th. Like uh, a very specific date. Exactly. At mm-hmm. 5.42 a.m. Uh, Adney was still not through the rapids, though. Uh, he reached Fort Selkirk and heard the news of Dawson. Uh, the boats were stuck, and they were out of food, and everybody was stampeding out. Uh, now there, but there's no retreat now, since everything's going to be frozen in place. October 23rd, it was five below, and the Yukon started to freeze. They were still going, though, through Bergy Bits, and they passed the Stewart River. 1898 began, and ten thousands of men... Not thousands of men, ten thousands of men. Ten thousands of men. And it's going to take ten thousands men's or more could ever <laughs> do or whatever. Fuck. Uh, they were stuck in a man-made natural disaster. Yeah. Because newcomers were still coming to die in Skagway, only to find themselves in blizzards as soon as they left town. Yeesh. One recent German Im- immigrant opened a restaurant on White Pass. And served horse. Mm-hmm. And horse and snow cones. And, and mystery beef. Mystery pork. Any uh, any uh, clue where, uh, what his name might be? Oh yeah. yeah, I do. I know. Hold on. Um, uh, Tim Horton. It's a G- German immigrant. Uh, Frederick. Hitler. Trump. Oh. Trump. Yeah. Oh fuck! Wait, Donald Trump's grandfather. Great grandfather. Great grandfather. Yep. Fuck. Serving yeah, horse meat you, on the past. You might have remembered, like during the. Uh, what seems like a million years ago, what 2016, like things they were talking about, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Donald Trump's Used family history, Trump, and they're yeah. talking about his, I think his grandfather started out, what California, then to Seattle, opening these hotel slash whorehouse slash bar kind of things, uh-huh. the whole way up. I and, yep, and did not know that. Yep, holy well. fuck. Mm-hmm. 
So he should have died up at that pass. Well, I mean, yeah. But. I mean, everybody should have. <laughs> it sounds like it's a pretty terrible oh, place but to it would have helped so much. Uh, a few minutes later, he opened a wood frame place on Lake Bennett Ooh. selling horse meat. Is it so. a few minutes later? Yep. Minutes later. Um, there was also an all-Canadian route to the Yukon. That's what we are talking about before. From Edmonton, it would trace the front range of the Rockies and down the Mackenzie River which was uh, 2,600 miles. That sounds better, kind of. Kind of, except for it's really cold, yeah, too. well, it's all cold. <laughs> uh, almost 2,000 idiots were taken in by the scheme. Uh, the going was slow. Uh, most parties ran out of food. One prospector left a note saying, hell can't be much worse than this, so give it a try, and shot himself. <laughs> we got it. Both got the first pressing of well, how could hell be any, hell be hell any, be any worse? worse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some tried an all water route around the Aleutians. I'm going to sail over the Chilkoot Pass. Around the Aleutians, which Ooh. are still pretty much almost a thousand miles long. Yeah. Uh, up the Yukon by steamer, but the glacial river was hard on steamers. And they were frozen during the winter. I say, the glacial, the river was hard, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, not just on steamers. <laughs> uh, many didn't reach the Yukon until June 1898. By then, five of the 40 ships uh, sent up there survived. Of the 2,500 people who tried via the river, only 43 made it to the Yukon. The rest kind of trapped along the right way. Uh, yet ships set out daily from Seattle, Portland, and Vancouver. Uh, the Just Seattle- keep them coming. Keep them coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Seattle PI eventually stopped listing shipwrecks because there were so many. <laughs> uh, the Clara Nevada left Seattle with a drunken crew that stole from passengers. Yes. It smuggled some dynamite aboard with the passengers. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. oh yeah. Oh, shit. This is the Clara Nevada. Before it exploded? Yeah. Oh, foreshadowing. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. I'm just trying to connect the dots. <laughs> It was a derelict ship and constantly on the point of its engines exploding, but it did blow up on the way back. Uh, No one was found alive, and the gold gold was not on the ship either. Mm. It's speculated that the captain offloaded the gold, took some onto some lifeboats, took selected crew, and then just blew up the fucking ship. Hopped in an escape pod and blew that fucker up. Yeah, with passengers and... The rest of the crew. Damn, <laughs> yep. dude. That's it was uh, sunk up. only in four fathoms or 24 feet. At least 57 dead. So basically, it was sunken enough where the tips of those masts were Just probably still out water. hanging out if they weren't blown completely off. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, months later, the former captain, Charles Lewis, turned up with burn scars. Hmm. Invested in another shipping venture. <laughs> with some money he found. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, well, it seems like we have a, quite a bit more to cover, uh, so we're going to come back next week with the story of Dietz. And more Jack London and some Sophie Smith. Oh, we get Smith. Jack London more? Nice. And probably maybe talk about uh, Colonel Steele of the RC, or RCMP. RCMP, yeah. And of, uh, what's that lady, uh, do, do, not Doolittle, Doolittle, Mulrooney. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Linda Mulrooney and Mother. And Mother. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the soiled doves of the Yukon. Oh, we haven't talked about soiled doves in a long time. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. Um, the, well, until then, I think we should go out in a hail of 
gunfire for those horses that are already dead at the yeah. pass. I was going to say, out. hail of sleet mm-hmm. and misery. <laughs> hail of hail. Trump trucks. 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 Tr